Now the Brian Singer directed Bohemian Rhapsody is proving catnip for uh, audiences, if not critics. Um, well, it's interesting because it is winning a lot of awards. So um, it, it did pick up uh, Best Picture at the Golden Globes. And it has got a nomination for Best Film at the Oscars as well, which is um, <clears throat> interesting as well. Um, it's unlikely to get that at the Oscars because now pretty much every Oscars is politicised and in pretty much uh, anything you've done in the last 20 years, if it still exists or someone knows about it, it's going to come out in the days after the Golden Globes just to make sure you don't win an Oscar. Brian Singh has been embroiled in an awful lot, <clears throat> not for the first time as well, uh, about abusing uh, young men. Uh, it happened in, I think, in the late 90s after he directed uh, Usual Suspects. It came out then. So they're muddy waters. Um I'm going to review the film, but I'm going to do it very differently. Uh, normally I waffle, and I will waffle about um, Aquaman a bit later, but I'm trying to get back into writing. So I have sort of I used to do a lot of um, music reviews and album reviews and um, uh, movie reviews back in the late 90s where I used to work for a street press magazine in Perth. So I'm trying to sort of get my mojo working on that score. So I did. I haven't been writing the odd uh, movie review, and I did, as I did one for Bohemian Rhapsody, I thought rather than uh, aimlessly wander through, I'd just read out what I wrote. Will there ever be another Freddie Mercury? It's easy to imagine not, and that the pantheon of world-swallowing iconic performers that dominated popular music from Elvis through to Jim Morrison and Hendrix is an Ozymandian moss-covered garden of statues. Certainly Madonna, Prince and Michael Jackson would give light to that statement, but even their finest hours were before Mercury died. And what have we got now? Chris Bloody Martin from Coldplay. Mercury certainly seems the last connected to a golden era, and his dramatically sealed off death renders him ripe for a movie biopic, where his larger-than-universe persona can fill a larger-than-life screen. When the original Sasha Baron Cohen project emerged in 2010, for some reason he felt like the perfect fit. When it floundered, it appeared to be the fault of the guiding hand of Queen band members Brian May and Roger Taylor ludicrously wanting to extend the film's remit beyond Mercury and into the years of stand-in singers. Now the hugely controversial director behind Singer's Bohemian Rhapsody has arrived, it appears the problem was far more prosaic. Whereas Cohen rightly wanted an R-rated treatment of this most excessive of men, the remaining members of Queen wanted a well-sanitised, PG-friendly version, and they got it. Happily, the film's time frame is next to perfect. Freddie joining Queen at the start of the 70s through to Live Aid in 1985 is all you need to know. For better and worse, what a film it is. Much has been made of how unrealistically the story has been told, often wildly inaccurate. Actually, it's astonishingly inaccurate. This is such grandiose myth-building, it may as well be if it wasn't for Malik in the lead role, about an imagined person, a Star is Born style hagiography. This is also the first mile or two I had to chew on, as with much of the film, completely conflicted. Freddie and the band's own life story is so fabulously interesting in the first place, why did they have to invent nearly everything that happened? Oops, excuse me. Uh, st uh, sticking verbatim to the facts would have been fascinating anyway. And there's the first of many cosmically sized rubs, would a dry reading of the facts have been as entertaining? Well, possibly. 
Would it have invoked this rock Liberace supernova charisma as accurately? I doubt it. Would it have been as fun? No. Perhaps a literal reading is better suited to the realm of documentary. Also, the film so consistently, obviously made up for anyone with a passing knowledge of Queen that it almost has its own internal logic. The question still remains, though, why? Almost every part of the story is not just embellished but flat-out faked. For instance, we enter the denouement of Live Aid with Queen split up, Freddie aware he has AIDS, and informing the tearful band on their grandstanding reunion. Except Queen never split up and Freddie never knew he had AIDS or informed the band till years later. It's not just chronology and facts that are thrown with gay abandon out the window either. The film's funniest and cringiest moments, some of which I watched through embarrassed fingers, involve the creation of the art itself. The foot-stomping writing of We Will Rock You is just one of many toe-curling passages that almost pushes through to greatness. I'll be honest, at least a third of the considerable enjoyment I got from Bohemian Rhapsody was located squarely in the So Bad It's Good department. It seems preloaded to be a future camp classic of near-kitsch madness. Almost nothing is believable. But this is helped along by the writing and the cast, both of which are often dire. Virtually everyone, especially the band, are laughable one-dimensional cartoon characters. This film veered way closer to Spinal Tap than it probably realises, especially in recreations of Queen and their business associates, associates that's frequently so bad it becomes a high point. Of course Bohemian Rhapsody needed to get one thing right to succeed. Freddie Mercury, and boy does it. Lead actor Rami Malek has so far in his career received praise for TV's Mr Robot and appeared in wildly forgettable movies. Certainly nothing to suggest an Oscar-worthy turn just around the corner. He's one of only two bastions of light in this film. I detest impersonations being given awards. It's like catnip for critics. How many have been handed out in recent years alone? Winston Churchill have an Oscar. Margaret Thatcher have an Oscar. Malik thankfully goes far deeper than just recreating the mannerisms of this most individualistic star. Charisma can be taught, but it can, maybe it can be faked. Not for a second isn't Malik's magnetic performance by miles the best thing on screen. He fleshes Mercury out with soulfulness, sadness, and both a genuine overwhelming love of the people and a desperate need to receive that love back that goes a long way to explaining why he was the most charismatic lead singer of his generation. Malik has Egyptian immigrant background too, which may have helped an understanding of Mercury's racially outsider status in a very white world. Elsewhere things are more problematic, and both the PG rating and questionable narrative choices are to blame. The gayness of Mercury portrayed is antiseptic, the wildness of his excess sanitised, and when important events in his life are portrayed, often clumsy and hackneyed. The weight given to elements of the story is way out of balance. Lucy Boynton's drama student level performance as Mercury's pre-gay fiancé gets inordinate screen time, whereas a far more commanding term by Aaron Musker as Mercury's last decade life partner exists for barely minutes. The most pro prominent other gay character and excellent Alan Leach as Mercury's manager Paul Prenter is shown as a conniving, treacherous and deviant manager, a problem. In fact, a puritanical air hovers over the film. Death too often in film is a payback for either excess or deviant behaviour. Nothing's really made of the fertile ground that existed between Queen's trad rock fan base and his flaming homosexuality.
The standard of writing too will often see the palm of your hand hitting your face, such as when Malik walks the audience through the tranny in inverted commas video of I Want to Break Free. But the other outstanding element on display here is the live performances of the music itself, often sublime, particularly the famed and meticulously recreated Live Aid spectacle. This and the crowd's reaction goes a lot further to explaining who Mercury was and why he was so loved than any poorly written act and acted band meeting could do, and it also makes for a euphoric and satisfying final half hour. Bohemian Rhapsody is then a fittingly wild ride. Did I enjoy it? Yes. Is much of it terrible? Yes. But almost always in a so-bad-it's-good way. It reminded me most of Oliver Stone's The Doors film, another often poor film supremely elevated by its astonishing lead actor and live music performances. Given how much is wrong with the film, its writing and acting, I can't really lay much praise on director, singer or the cast. Neither does it serve as an accurate biopic or timely investigation into one of the most prominent gay performers of all time. As a suitably baroque excess expressionistic portrait of Freddie Mercury that's helmed by a wonderful performance, rousing music and the sound of your jaw hitting the floor often is a hugely entertaining success. I'm going to give that 7.5 out of 10. Oh my god, I may have to have a glass of water. Oh, that went down the wrong way. Um, seven and a half out of ten. It's certainly elevated by its awfulness. I don't know if that's a good thing. Um, it's uh, it drifts in passages as well, but um, it's just so entertaining. Quite often, um, it's it's it is worth a ride. It's it's a, it's a supremely silly film. Um, but the live aid stuff at the end is really good, and uh, and lots of, every time he's on stage doing the music, and the music itself is is really good. I didn't have any Queen to play. I should have got something up, but I don't think I've got... I'll have a look now. What Queen have I got? I've got... I bet I've got Bohemian Rhapsody and that's it. If I've got anything interesting, I'll play it. 